everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Larissa from Creative You, and today I have with me Corrine V, who works and lives in Edmonton. She is a cancer-ass kicker, and her last chemo treatment was March 2, 2019. Uh, she lives with multiple sclerosis and was diagnosed in 2013 with that. So we are talking today, and I have sent her some questions that we will discuss together. So welcome, Corrine. Hello. So if you are willing, um, can you share some of your story and the path you've been on um, just as much as you're comfortable with? Uh, well, in terms of health? Yes. Okay. So... Uh, well, MS diagnosis, it probably, I started getting very strong symptoms around the London Olympics. Okay. And uh, it took all over a year to finally get a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. So um, with the MS, I think the toughest part has been mental. The physical symptoms were one thing, but the, the mental stuff that comes with having an incurable chronic illness uh, makes it a little tough sometimes. Uh, and, about a year, sorry, can sorry. I just interrupt you there? Of course. When you say the mental stuff, like, can you just elaborate mm -hmm. slightly on that? Yeah, sure. So a lot of uh, people who have MS often uh, struggle with both depression and anxiety mm -hmm. um, because it is a constant underlying pain for me. Um, and I constantly feel the symptoms of MS. It can get quite depressing when you are trying to think about your future. Yes. Um, and when you are um, trying, to trying to plan for your future, because the future that you had thought was going to happen uh, now takes a, a detour. Right. Because you have to take those you know, considerations of what possibility of the disease looks like on me in the future into consideration. That makes perfect sense. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Inter oh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so probably about a year ago, actually it was a little over a year ago, August 30th, uh, 2018, I received a phone call from my doctor after probably about a month or two of trying to sort out what these crazy lumps were in my neck. I got a diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, with various doctor's appointments of, you know, seeing a surgeon who took a big biopsy to getting referred to the cross cancer. Um, my first appointment at the cross cancer was for a full uh, CT scan and a PET scan. And then a week later I met with an oncologist. It was on a Wednesday. And uh, he told me the stage, he described and put down pictures and said, you're stage four. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, we're going to start chemo on Friday. So it was two days of getting notice uh, that I would have to, that I would be going through chemo every other Friday for six months. Wow. wow. Yeah. So it was a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, unlike the cancer diet, uh, unlike the MS diagnosis with the cancer diagnosis, there was like, okay, here's the plan. We're going for curative intent. Mm -hmm. Um, Chemo is brutal. Um, It was very taxing uh, physically. And um, while, you know, MS wasn't front of mind, it was still there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It never goes away. So, kind of piling those things on top of each other. Um, after I finished my chemo in, in March, as you said, um, in April, I had another PET scan and got a clean bill of health, which has been uh, so life affirming. And um, for the first time in a really long time, I felt happy. So um, so that's kind of the physical uh, journey that I've been on that's got me to this point where I'm now back to work full time and um, you know still working through I think a little bit of you know it's not PTSD it's certainly not as you know serious as what some people go through but what often happens is when you are in the middle of treatment you're so focused on just i gotta get through it i gotta get through it i don't have a choice you don't have that time to process it and now that um you know that time it's you know the processing part is now slowly coming yeah that that makes perfect sense actually because you're so busy in the middle of it Mm -hmm. that you don't really have time to to deal to deal with it like you're dealing with surviving as opposed to dealing with what do you do after you survive right right yeah and it's you can't it's almost a luxury to be able to process it uh because at the time it's just the questions were how am i going to get through this yeah absolutely so i'm so tired i'm so exhausted um you know how am i going to get through it and and when it's done, you're like, okay, I got through it, but what did I go through and what does that mean? Yeah. Um, it's very, yeah. Wow. That sounds like, uh, like a lot. I, I know it's a lot. Um, I've, yeah. I've gone through similar things with family and, and mm. I know how taxing it can be. So I really, I'm glad that you came through the other side in, yeah, and, <laughs> and everything worked out. Um, I know the MS is always there and it's going to be an underlying thing, but yeah. to make it through cancer, especially stage four is yeah. huge. Right. So yeah. like, that's really amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Like it's not like you want to say like good on you, but good on you because it, it's, it's such a huge thing to go through and such a huge thing to um, come out the other side from. And yes, the doctors are involved, but a lot of it is also your mindset and how you, believe about things and, and that sort of thing. So. Absolutely. Um, I, um, I have a, I have a little chalkboard in my kitchen and prior to my diagnosis, I had all these 
sayings on it. Like, um, you know, the definition of adventure is uh, not knowing the outcome, but doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of little things like that. And when I got my diagnosis, I, I erased all that. And I wrote down, uh, the only way out is through. Yeah. And, and then I bought for my mantle over my fireplace, this little knickknack from Winners or wherever, HomeSense. And it's hope. Because it's that hope that got me through it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, now, one of the things we had talked about uh, when we talked about doing this interview was sort of creativity and how that had helped yeah. you at certain places. So what does healing with creativity mean to you when I say that? Um, I think that, you know, for me, healing... Uh, so I broke it down. So what does healing mean to me? It, it means I take it as getting better. Right. Whatever that, you know, it implies there's, you know, something that needs to be fixed. So for me, it means getting better. And creativity is always been um, art based. So whether that's dancing or writing or painting or I don't know how many adult coloring books I got when I was going through chemo. People seemed to feel that would be a good way to, you know, engage a different part of my brain. And sometimes creativity was, you know, was getting a Lego set and, and building Lego. Just something other than that kind of hard, logical thinking about um, concrete things. I, I don't know how, how else to describe creativity. So you know, healing with creativity means kind of getting better using these different mediums. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really, yeah. And that makes, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. uh, now, when, when we had spoken, we had um, talked about, you know, one incident in particular that you used um, the, the, I think it was a paint night you had talked about. Um, yeah. Can you explain how that event and how that sort of helped you with your healing? Sure. So my sister-in-law's sister, -in -law's sister <laughs> does those um, paint sign, like make a sign, paint a sign with stencils and, and painting. And she had had one planned and uh, I said I would go. And, um, you know, originally I was going to go with, bring a couple of my friends along who failed on me, but um, my sister-in-law was there. My niece was there. There was a few other people that I knew. So, and it was very family. So mm -hmm. it was a safe space to be in. Yeah. And as we're making the signs, we're deciding on colors. We're talking about why we picked the sayings that we picked. And as we were going through it, uh, you know, you're painting and, and dabbing and doing your thing. I started, I was in a place where I was able to kind of open up with what was going on with me and how I was feeling, which with a lot of the people who were around me during that time, while they were supportive, um, it was difficult to open for me to open up how I was feeling because I always felt I needed to support them. So this paint sign night, um, in that moment of 
all you're thinking about your colors and your dabbing, you're kind of just doing something to allow the other part of my brain to release and um, uh, let just talk about myself in a weird way. Um, and then when I left, I had my sign, of course, and then I just felt like a little bit of a burden had been taken off me because I wasn't holding everything in. Oh, that's, that's so um, amazing to like, cause you, you know, didn't go into it with that, but right. this, this isn't a question that I had sent you, but now that you've brought it up, I just, you had talked about how you felt that you had to protect other people mm -hmm. in, as you were going through everything. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I completely understand that, but what did that feel like to be worrying about other people while you were worrying about your own health and your own journey that you were going through? Um, burdensome. Yeah. Yeah. It was very burdensome. Um, some ways I downplayed a lot of what I was going through. So then others wouldn't have to worry, even though, you know, they did. Um, and, you know, specifically, oh, don't get me talking about my mother, Larissa. <laughs> we do not have enough time. Uh, but I'm always a support. I'm always the one to support my mom and to support my friends and listen to what's going on to them and, and being there for them. And then when it came for that table to be turned, it's really hard. I felt like even though I was going through it and experiencing um, cancer and the chemo, um, I, I didn't feel that I could, I felt like it would be a burden if I talked about how bad it was. Part of dealing with it was not talking about how bad it was or how I felt. Right. Um, so then I would try to make everybody else feel better. And I think in a lot of ways it's more difficult for people around you to watch you go through something because they are, they may have feelings of helplessness and not being able to be there or not being able to fully understand what's going on or not being able to fix what's going on because oftentimes we want to fix it for that other person. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was, it was burdensome. It was, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. I, I can completely understand how that would be. And it, it's interesting that you say, you know, how, how much harder it, it may be for people watching. Mm -hmm. And it's true when we care about people, it's really hard to watch them and not be able to do anything. Um, you know, and, and depending on where you're at in it, I'm sure they thought, no, it's much worse for you and you're worried it's much worse for them and, right. and that sort of thing. But it, it can definitely be, yeah, I can understand that burden. And I really yeah. appreciate you sharing that because yeah. I think that's, a, that's an important thing for people to understand whether they're going through it or, or not. It's important to understand sort of what people are thinking when they're, when they're going through something as difficult mm -hmm. as what you went through yeah. last year. Yeah. So what would be your favorite, whether it was part of your healing or not, what would be uh, one of your favorite creative modalities that you have used in your lifetime? Um, oh, in my lifetime, girl, that's a big question. So uh, when I was younger, it was painting. Mm -hmm. I really loved um, watercolor. 
Um, it was also putting together Lego. I don't know why. I just love putting together Lego. I've heard it's very meditative for people. Like, yeah. 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 I, it's not for me, but I, I've heard that it is. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. I think any of these kind of things that take you out of your own head that, um, so for example, when I go to yoga, when I'm there, all I'm really thinking about is breathing and what part of my body needs to be engaged when I'm doing this particular pose. So I'm not thinking about this jerk face at work, this person that cut me off, the pain in my hands right now, um, what, you know, when's the next, you know, whatever worry is going on, right? So it allows you to forget about it. It's quite resting, actually. So, um, you know, creatively, I was journaling. Um, so that helped me to kind of sort the thought, or not even sort out, but maybe get out some of the thoughts in my head. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the paint night was, uh, the sign paint night was really great. Um, and I actually did a lot of jigsaw puzzles and okay. it, you know, it's, I don't know how creative that is, but it's kind of like the Lego, like it just, it does become meditative because all you're doing is just focusing on one thing and allowing the other thoughts to just, you know, go. Yes. No, that makes absolute sense mm -hmm. to it. it yeah. I, I think it's that meditative quality. Yeah, to like the way so go and jigsaw puzzles and things like that, that they, you know, take you out of your head so you're not thinking all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, so I think we've covered sort of um, why you think creativity is, is important for your health because you've actually touched on sort of the things that you did and, and that sort of thing. So that's, that's great. How would you say past pain has informed your life purpose or what you've done maybe this maybe not even the past your whole life but maybe even just this cancer incident has yeah. it changed anything for you going forward in in your life mm -hmm. and it has one is when i go to work and i hear people complain about it i always say yeah but you were well enough to come to work mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I didn't have that attitude before. Uh, my attitude was very similar to theirs that this person sucks and that person sucks and why are we doing it? And it's like, really, it's not the important thing. I changed my um, thinking about work from I need to work, I need to work to I am, my work is so I can go travel. And my work it allows me to, the financial ability to do the things that I want to do. And so it's changed it in that way. Uh, the cancer's always also made me grateful. Right. Never had this much gratitude in my heart for the people that, you know, stuck with me and supported me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I just feel and I'm not particularly religious, but I feel really blessed that this, that I have my life and that, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to continue on with it. 
No, that's, that makes perfect sense. And, and I can understand um, why you could, you would feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you have that scare of having everything taken away Mm -hmm. and, and, and hopefully it doesn't take everyone a huge scare like what you had to sort of get into that place, but right you know, whatever it takes to get you into that headspace. It's not do a big scare, but maybe, you know, if we can just change our thinking. Yeah, I, I really, I know that everything happens for a reason. And sometimes the struggle or the journey is to find out why. What is the reason? I, I never once with having MS or having cancer said, why me? I always said, why, what am I supposed to get out of this? what what is the lesson for me or maybe it's not my lesson maybe it's you know someone else's lesson but uh, you know i try to think of these things in a in a bigger picture um as as opposed to what i think sometimes becomes a myopic why me boo hoo hoo right right um, yeah yeah no that's that's excellent that's excellent. And what would you say is your greatest strength that you've gotten from this healing that you've done? Uh, empathy. I have a lot more empathy for people who are going through uh, things that aren't in their, in their control, <laughs> which is a lot. Um, I'm not always right about, you know, when I judge someone, uh, you know, is it their fault this is happening or whatever, but um, yeah, a lot more empathy for people. No, that's, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Um, cause we never do know what people are going through. Right. And it's so easy. And I'm very guilty of this as well. Judging mm-hmm. people based on the little bit that we know and right. not, and not really knowing the full picture. So yes, that's a, actually yeah. a great strength to have uh, acquired through all of this. Yeah. And what strength-based inspirational advice would you give someone who has had similar challenges or may be going through similar challenges? Uh, The only way out is through. Yeah, which is what you had written on your board there, right? Yeah, That's right. Uh, When there were times when I was going through chemo that before chemo, I would be crying that I didn't want to go, like crying. And then after chemo, when I was so weak, and felt so just spiritually and mentally and physically depleted that I would be crying and saying, how am I going to do this? Um, And then, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend once and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. He goes, you don't have a choice. The only way is to do it. And I thought that's, So that's what I would say to myself at those, the only way out is through. That's the only way to get out of this situation. And, you know, no matter how scared you are, um, you need to remember that it's only temporary and that you can get through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I've watched family go through things. I've never had to, to go through it myself. So, I mean, I've had my own battles, but yeah, I just can't imagine having so little control and not knowing whether you'd be, live or, or die at the end of it, right? right. And so right. You're, you're suffering greatly, not knowing what the outcome's going to be. Yeah, but that's life, isn't it? That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so your strength is amazing. It's amazing. So do you have a, a, a inspirational quote that sums up your life other than that one? Yep. Okay. Life's too short for bad coffee. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Or bad anything for that matter. Anything. Yeah, it's that's too to... short for bad coffee, man. Yeah. Go out and, you know, spend the five bucks. <laughs> that's some good coffee. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, well, I really appreciate you being here with me today no problem. And, and doing this because I know I just like contacted you right out of left field and was like, let's talk. It's all good, Larissa. It's all good. Yeah, well, I really do appreciate it. And yeah. I just am so amazed at, like, like you said, you just don't know what people are going through, right? No. And so I'm so amazed at what you've had to go through and what, uh, where you've ended up. And yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kareem. Like yeah, I, you're welcome. 